Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. And welcome to episode 226 of Geek Town Radio. I'm back this week with... Matt, how are you doing? Hey David, I'm good. How are you? I'm good, thanks. What have you been up to this week? It's been a quite a busy TV week for me, so... Yes, yes, we're going to get more of that as well as things go on. Yes. Um, but uh, yeah, in terms of video game stuff, the thing I've been doing the most is playing uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare. And for some of you, if you think, oh, it's just another guy that plays Call of Duty again, I haven't played Call of Duty competitively since Modern Warfare 3. Right. I can't remember specifically what year that came out, but it was at least five, if not about six years ago, because I had some uh, some of the Black Ops games. They had Advanced Warfare, Infinite Warfare, I think it was called. One of those ones had like Kevin Spacey in it or something. Right. Okay. Um, <laughs> that aged well then. <laughs> right. I've played some of the campaigns of those, but in terms of like competitive multiplayer side of things, I haven't jumped in since Modern Warfare 3, which kind of goes to show you that although the Black Ops games were a success, for most of that time when they were doing the Black Ops games and the Infinite Warfare games, they were doing all this future tech sort of jetpack wall running stuff which no right, one really yeah, yeah. liked because it almost felt like a titanfall game as opposed to a yeah you know, a warfare call, of, call yeah. of duty game and everybody was calling for a while of like hey maybe they should just go back to modern warfare because one of the games from that series that won game of the year i think twice was call of duty for modern warfare which was arguably the the best call of duty game right and they've called this kind of a reboot and i haven't played the campaign yet but it's got one of the returning characters from that it's essentially a kind of sort of reboot and it just goes back to just grounded warfare with normal guns normal weapons none of this like wall running stuff right. uh, no like jet it's like drones and stuff like that but like there's yeah, drones yeah. In, in modern it's, day and stuff but, yeah 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 there's no like jetpacks or laser guns or whatever whatever there sort of is and just in terms of the core gameplay itself it's still very much still call of duty at the core but they they did change up some things they put in some new animations the guns sound both better and different uh and it's just kind of going back to what made the games good good in the past just a good video game overall because even though that some of those later games did change to all this futuristic stuff they weren't very good video games in terms of right, that. i mean okay. they weren't like you know so, as bad as some of the broken stuff that's out there but it just changed itself up too much i think one of those games they released it was either like black ops 3 or modern war advanced warfare or something one of them one year dropped uh, in sales of, of about 50 percent. so they knew wow. at some point they needed to change things up again yeah um so yeah it's good to just get back into the the good parts of i, of I think that makes sense given that yeah. i mean i i never really played i played a little bit on <laughs> some of them but i've never really played call of duty at all um i'm i'm not really a big online 
gamer when it comes to that sort of stuff. It seems to make sense to me when you've got something which is sort of reasonably unique in that it's a big online, like proper modern warfare game. And you then step away from that and start putting laser guns and other things like that in when there are a million other games that already have kind of big battle royale things with stupid weaponry. It seems to make far more sense to go back to the kind of core thing that you were good at in the first place because it kind of makes it more unique. So, you know, it's nice to see that they've gone back to that and it's working by the sounds of it, which is great. Mm. Uh, Jack Ryan, I've seen six episodes. I've been watching two a day since Friday, so I think I've got uh, two episodes left. It's a pretty good season so far. I don't think it's quite had the same spark maybe as as season one. I just think with, the the only way I can kind of phrase it, the kind of foreign political characters in the show, I just don't have interest in some of the things that they're doing at the moment. But when they get to Jack Ryan doing the action stuff and this kind of jungle warfare thing that they've got going on with those other characters uh it's it's quite entertaining when it gets to those parts but in terms of the other characters i'm just not very interested in what they're doing i don't think it's certainly a bad season but as i kind of said on twitter on i think friday or saturday it doesn't seem to be focusing on the parts that at least for me that i would consider more interesting so i don't know it's a bit strange i'm kind of see what you're saying with that i'm about four or five episodes in i think at the moment so i'm a little bit behind you but yeah i i get what you're saying about the um foreign characters i'm i'm not as attached to it as i was with the first season i thought the first season was brilliant this maybe isn't quite so good it's still good but it's it's not quite as good maybe as as season one um it's still very enjoyable though and Mm. uh, they have introduced a few sort of interesting little elements to it john krasinski's still fabulous as jack ryan i think he was he does such a good job with that character so i mean definitely worth a watch and it is Mm. the one show which i i mean i i was going to go and watch a couple of other things last night and i ended up binging my way through like three episodes of jack ryan so you know it's definitely something which is watchable and uh, has a sort of bingeable quality to it like you say maybe not quite as good as season one but i still still a solid series definitely and they've got another season coming as well so you know it's already, oh, has renewed. It already been yeah renewed. it's already been okay. renewed for season three i think so i wondered about that so it's a good at the moment kind of 24 replacement because it kind of covers right, that yeah, same yeah. sort of thing in a way i know it's not the same ctu time thing and all that but no, no, but it, yeah. I know what you mean. It's it's in right. that sort of sort of genre area, mm-hmm. and and I think it, it fills that hole quite nicely. Yes, at the moment. So um, went to watch uh, Swamp Thing, of course, because I obviously signed up back for Amazon to watch Jack Ryan and some other stuff. Right. Yeah. Went in and watched. I think I've seen three episodes of Swamp Thing. Really, really like it so far. And as you'd kind of said before, because you, I think you said that you had seen it. Yes. Yeah, I've before. watched the whole thing. And you kind of mentioned it was this kind of obviously not really superhero, but this comic book DC thing meets like horror and got yeah. really good production value. And once you said those kind of things, I was going to watch it eventually. But when you said it about how well it blended sort of comic book DC stuff with horror, that that had me kind of more interested. And I really, really like the angle they've taken with that because Swamp Thing himself is a very kind of horror-esque sort of character, especially you know, yeah. he's hiding in the swamp. It's, it's all dark and all that sort of stuff. And 
the way he attacks people with like branches and all that sort of thing is very kind of horror-esque and uh, I, I also like kind of the not necessarily police but the kind of detective side of things where people are investigating the swamp and there's these weird things going on and there's this thing with this uh, young girl in a hospital or whatever and there's clearly yeah, some something going on there very horror kind of-esque right. as well because right. she's they're, sort of possessed yeah yeah they're ticking all those boxes and connected and everything really well so I'm trying to kind of make the most of it because of course it has been cancelled I kind of think at some point it will get revived somewhere because um, everyone would, really really yeah. seemed to like it a lot but obviously they had what was it the, the tax issue with there was, the there was set? a multitude of things I think there was uh, issues with the budgets and stuff and it right. going over there was a tax issue allegedly there was some sort of tax issue with it with them not getting the tax credits they were supposed to get although I'm not mm-hmm. entirely sure whether that's true or not there was also the issue with the storage of the actual set because that swamp is actually a set and it was going to cost some horrific amount of money apparently to stick it into storage and we're uh. talking millions to put it into storage for any length of okay. time because of that that was that was another thing which kind of put a nail in the coffin unfortunately so yeah I, I'm with you I, I'm kind of annoyed that they didn't stick with it I said before I think it would have been amazing to see Matt Ryan's uh, yeah, Constantine, uh, Constantine yeah. show up because it fits so well with that sort of genre. It it fits in with the sort of original Constantine TV series that he did. I mean, it's actually darker than the original Constantine because I mean, this is obviously on a streaming service or was on DC Universe, and mm-hmm. the Constantine series was on NBC for some god knows what reason but yes uh, oh yeah so, it was wasn't it yeah which is That's why weird. it didn't last more than one season because it's just not the place for it so mm. it's a shame that that we're not going to get a chance to maybe see that because i think that could have been really interesting but they've done such a brilliant job with it and it does wrap up fairly well there are obviously threads that they could pull on if they were going to get a second season but it it actually sits quite well as a self-contained thing so if you just look at it as like a little mini series or limited series it still works I think and it is worth watching cool see I've been enjoying that so far I've only seen uh, three episodes Uh, and then I watched two episodes after that of Atypical I haven't got to that yet the third season very very good so far they're still just continuing with the kind of the heart of the show that's kind of there the the comedy angle with obviously is it Sam the lead character I'm pretty sure that's his name Um, him going off to college does bring a kind of fresh perspective for the show because I remember saying about with season two how they didn't necessarily change too much but it still felt fresh because there were still kind of new things happening with the characters but with him going off to college and obviously being involved with you know his parents his sister and all those sorts of characters and his uh, girlfriend I can't remember her name but um, with with her kind of being involved and then the summer thing is happening and obviously when you focus your main character and have him have a change of environment and he's got to fit in a college and how's he going to do that and there's all these kinds of questions and things I think they're handling things really really well so far obviously I've only seen two episodes but I don't expect it to fall off a cliff for any kind of reason so um yeah i think it will probably hold itself pretty well for the rest of the season and on twitter a lot of people are really really enjoying this season so far as well so yeah good yeah Yeah, i'm I'm very much looking forward to to getting to that it's next on my list of things after i uh, have been through all the other stuff because of course uh, for me apple tv launched this week so Mm -hmm. uh, i've been working my way through the apple tv shows uh c i haven't actually watched anything other than the first episode of c which i saw at mcm uh purely because there were other things going on and I just haven't got to watching the second episode mm-hmm. yet. But uh, that is the next thing. As I say, I was going to watch it last night and then I kind of got sucked into 
chat, Ryan. So uh, I will get to more episodes of C, but the first episode of that I thought was really, really good. I'm looking forward to catching up with a bit more of C, which is the Jason Momoa series. I did watch the morning show. I've watched the first episode of that. I've I've seen some quite snotty reviews about this, but I really huh. enjoyed it. I thought it was really good. It's it basically, if you don't know the, the premise of it, it, the morning show is set on one of those US style morning shows, which is a sort of cross between the sort of good morning TV and and this morning. It, it's kind of, that's what their morning shows are. They're kind of these magazine format things where they might have cookery segments and they have news and weather and all that sort of stuff. So it's sort of a cross between those things. It's very much set in the sort of Me Too era and the, it literally opens with the male anchor who is played by Steve Carell getting called out in a sort of Me Too scandal. Oh. Um, that's the starting point and Jennifer Aniston plays the co-anchor and those two have been kind of the darlings of of the morning TV show for a very long time and they're, they're sort of TV husband and wife not real husband and wife but they are kind of you know they've been together for 15 years on air so this sort of scandal that has happened to him has started to drag her down as well and it's how they handle that and how they get out of it in addition to those two uh, Reese Witherspoon plays a character called Bradley who is a another reporter at one of those US sort of tin pot local TV stations covering things like, uh, the, I think this is a the, the thing she's covering on that point is a protest at a local mine. So it's sort of somewhere in the middle of it's Alabama or somewhere like that. You know, it's, it's somewhere in the middle of nowhere. And she gets caught on camera having an argument with one of the protesters. That video goes viral and that gets her sort of brought in to be interviewed on the show that's where her character kind of comes in i thought it was really well written really well put together i thoroughly enjoying it um i've only seen the first episode so far but i want to go through and watch the the rest of it as well so i've watched that i also watched the first three episodes of for all mankind which is the ronald d moore show the guy behind battlestar galactica this is an alt history drama so it's it's this sort of alternate version of history where the Russians beat the Americans to the moon. And it's the fallout from that, what the next steps are. So do they still try and get to the moon? If they do, they're going to be second. But what does that then snowball into? Because when the Americans got there first, yes, the Russians sort of have done other things in space but they kind of gave up on the idea of getting to the moon it sort of flips that on its head of, of like well what would have the americans done you know the americans still went to the moon but then does it go on to them trying to put a moon base do they go and try to get to mars so it essentially extends the space race between russia and america so it's quite interesting seeing that because it is technically all set in the sort of late 60s early 70s but it's this this completely different twisted version of history and it's an interesting mix of real life characters and these fictional characters as well because obviously they're they're playing around with some of the characters lives so whilst they are using some real life characters they want to be able to have a bit more freedom i think to to play around with some of the lives of the the lead cast so they i think a lot of those characters are fictional so it, it is quite an interesting mix of that apollo mission and what might have happened um much like amazon's man in the high cast 
Castle. It's that sort of strange kind of alt history and where you might recognize sort of some of the locations and some of the people, but they're, they're put in very different situations. I really enjoyed that. Um, one of the things with Apple TV is there are, are not releasing everything all at once. So at the moment, there are only three episodes of each of their original series on there. And then in a few weeks, they'll, or in a week or a few weeks, they'll release some more episodes and then some more. I'm not entirely sure what the reasoning is behind doing that. It is possible that it's because Apple don't have that much original content on the system. No. And they possibly didn't want people binging through everything on the one week trial and then just turning it off again. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I think yeah. maybe it's slightly to get around that. It makes sense. Yeah. Uh, which, which does rather make sense. They've put some of the episodes on, uh, but they had said that they will start to release things weekly, I think is the plan. They're they're trying to make it a bit more of an event thing, I think, as well, to try and catch some of the social media stuff. So mm-hmm. um, what intrigues me more, actually, about For All Mankind is where it is going to go, because conceivably, I mean, obviously this starts off in the kind of 60s and 70s, but presumably that's going to move forward into the 80s and then into the 90s and beyond. And you could get to a point where you're three or four seasons into that series and you're on Mars, you're on the edge of the galaxy, you're, I don't know, meeting aliens. It's quite possible they could end up going into very interesting kind of sci-fi territory the further that show goes on. At the moment, it feels much more like Man in the High Castle of just this sort of alt history thing. But you could take that to some very interesting areas moving forward. So I'm quite intrigued to see what they do with that as well. Mm. One interesting thing, I suppose, with Apple is, I mean, you got the two, what I would consider their big shows, which is the morning show in C and essentially what they've done because obviously they don't have like 15, 20 shows or whatever. I think their strategy at the moment is like, hey, we've got Jason Momoa, we've got Steve Carell, we've got Jennifer Aniston, come and see you know, yeah. their, their new shows on Apple because those will be the two shows that to kind of hook you with, I suppose. And then they've got, you know, the other stuff uh, for, for all mankind and all that sort of thing. But in terms of like big name people, uh, lots of people know those three people are just... Uh, yeah. mentioned and they might sign up to say, to say like oh what are they what are they doing now sort of thing yeah yeah no i th- i think that has been their strategy of of mm making sure that they're not going for quantity but quality because the other thing is i mean it's 5.99 a month there yeah. are probably 10 original series and out of that there may be five that are kind of reasonably high profile dramas because you've got morning show c for all mankind there are a couple of others as well then they've got a couple of kids shows they've got some documentary stuff they've got the oprah winfrey stuff as well which i think less so maybe for a british audience rather more for an american audience because the americans love oprah and we don't see that much of her over here so mm-hmm. uh i mean obviously we all know who she is but right so yeah it's, it's an interesting mix of stuff it's difficult to say whether it's actually worth the 5.99 a month because one thing they don't have is the back catalog um right. you know unlike netflix or amazon where you get a bunch of other things thrown in as well But then, I mean, yes, I might watch some things on Netflix that are imported, but it's not like I tend to go and watch huge amounts of back catalogue stuff on either of those services particularly. But I think the fact that it's there maybe justifies the fee, but... I, I don't know. It's, it's tricky. It's one of those things that they're. I, I'd be interested to see what the take up's been and how well it's going down for them and uh, how, what, yeah, whether they can churn out enough stuff quickly enough for people to stick around on the service. But certainly, mm-hmm. I mean, it's on a one week free trial. It is 
worth signing up to have a look at some of these shows. I mean, C in particular, For All Mankind, I thought was great. Uh, Morning Show, I thought was great. So they've got more, and they have got more stuff coming in December and later in November and stuff. So there is stuff out there. Um, over on the BBC, they launched His Dark Materials last night. I don't know the book particularly at all and I didn't see The Golden Compass which was the film as well so uh, which I know didn't go down particularly well with fans Mm -hmm. so I and I haven't checked any reviews this morning so I'm not sure what the general consensus has been I enjoyed it I thought it was it was interesting it's quite a convoluted plot it's an interesting sort of idea you've got this again alt kind of fantasy world the characters in this world their souls are represented by these creatures called demons who are animals that stick with them so basically every single person has an animal which is carries their soul for them um so the amount of cg work cgi work that must have gone into that show it must have cost them a fortune because you think pretty much every single character on screen has to have a cgi animal with them it's insane (laughs) really insane but yes i mean it's an enjoyable story it doesn't really move forward a huge amount in that first episode it's a lot of world building so i i don't want to go into it too much right now because i want to see a little bit more of it but it was enjoyable enough for its first episode and it is a horrendously complicated plot i i think (laughs) i don't know it's going to be interesting to see how well that goes down and whether it's just going down well with philip pullman fans or whether it genuinely is go down well with everybody but i will still watch it i will i'm going to carry on with it and see how i get on once i've seen a bit more of an episode and they've revealed a bit more of the story interesting show though that's going out uh that started last night on uh, BBC One. And uh, in gaming terms, I'm playing The Outer Worlds, which is the new game from original Fallout creators, Obsidian, whatever was kind of formed out of Obsidian. It's not perfect. I will say that. However, it is thoroughly enjoyable. It's got elements of things like Firefly to it, in the way that the the sort of feel of the world, you're um, start off in cryo sleep. You're rescued by this mad scientist. You end up captain of this kind of old junker sort of freighter and he's trying to get you to go and help revive the other colonists that are are in the ship where we revived you that's the basic plot for it as you go around the various different planets you pick up companions and stuff it's got very much a feel of those sort of fallout games it's not quite as detailed as maybe i would like it that some of the worlds are a little bit smaller than you possibly like it's certainly not got the wide expanse that something like skyrim or fallout 4 have but the storyline is interesting it's sort of this world which has been taken over by corporations so all the towns are sponsored by corporations and they'll have corporate phrases and sayings and things that they uh, they have to sort of say to you when you talk to them it's a really fun interesting look at consumerism as well so it's good i'm probably about i don't know 25 hours in at the moment i think it's i've been told it's a sort of 40 hourish game so uh, i'm looking forward to playing the rest of it Uh, i i do wish it was a little bit bigger the combat is maybe a little easy for what it is you know there's not that much fear of you getting killed throughout it but if you're playing it for the story then that's fine i'm only playing it through our normal mode and there are sort of harder options as well if you want to kind of go you know up the the level a bit but 
I'm finding the combat ridiculously easy for it. And I'm not particularly experienced at those sort of combat games, but I, mm-hmm. I'm finding it pretty easy to do. It's a fun world, though, to go and play in. And um, it's available on the Xbox Games Pass, so you can get it for free if you've already got one of the Xbox Game Passes. And I'm playing that on PC right now. Definitely worth going to pick up if you were out there and you like those sort of big RPG games. So that's all the stuff we've been doing this week. Let's move on to some TV and film news. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. On TV and film news this week, we're starting to get the first renewals and cancellations and things. First cancellation is The In-Between, which haven't even started airing in the UK yet. This is coming to Sky Witness on the 11th of November. It's got uh, Paul, what's his face, that played the police chief dad on Arrow in it. Blackthorn? Blackthorn, that, yes. Yeah. It's, it's got him in it. Um, but oh, okay. uh, yeah, that's that's been cancelled after one season. Unfortunately, that will not be returning. But you will be able to watch the first season. It's on uh, Sky Witness on the 11th of November. That turns up. Pearson, the suit spin-off, that has been cancelled after one season, unfortunately, as well. So I doubt we'll get to see that over here unless somebody like Stars Play decides to pick it up for one season because they have a tendency to do that for cancelled one season shows. They've picked up on things. So uh, maybe that will land somewhere, but at the moment um, that is being cancelled. Cloak and Dagger, I think we mentioned this last week, but Cloak and Dagger has been cancelled after two seasons. That's Marvel's Cloak and Dagger, which is a bit of a shame. In terms of pickups, Stars Play in the UK has picked up Hulu's Four Weddings and Funeral series. That's coming on the 12th of December. I'm interested to see that. I know some people are calling it heresy because it's a American remake of Four Weddings and Funeral or American show that takes the premise of Four Weddings and Funeral. I haven't seen that film, but I don't know how you make something like that a TV show. Yeah, I I think it's trading on the name more than anything else because it isn't Mm. a direct copy of the film. That's not what it is. Okay. It's I haven't seen that film. But. Yeah. And the film's brilliant. You really ought to watch it. It's hilarious. But oh. um, it is trading more on the name, I think, and on the premise of a, a show with four weddings and a funeral. It's a completely different story. It's from Mindy Caitling, that. But uh, oh. Stars Play have picked that up. It's coming in December. Sky have renewed the Mark Strong fronted series Temple. That's coming back for a second season. I watched a few episodes of that. I haven't got back to it yet, but I did quite enjoy it. So uh, I'm glad that's got picked up again. I'm looking forward to go and watch the rest of that. Pennyworth has officially been renewed for season two. I think we mentioned last week that certainly at MCM he was hinting that they were going to come back for a season two and it was already in production. So uh, they've officially come out and said that has been renewed. So that is coming back. I'm uh, very happy about that because I've been enjoying that show. And a few advanced air dates for you. V Wars, which is Im Summerholder's uh, series, uh, him off Vampire Diaries. He's going back into the vampire world, although he's playing a doctor, I think, in this 
one, not a vampire. That is coming to Netflix on the 5th of December. That's been kicking around for like 18 months or so. They've been talking about that show, but that's V Wars. And The Witcher, they announced the air date for 20th of December. That is coming. So uh, just before Christmas. Thanks, yeah. Netflix. <laughs> um, so that's oh, more of a Christmas binge watch because we were talking about doing a podcast for that and, and that's a really inconvenient time to launch it. But uh, Yeah, interesting that it's drops like just right before Christmas. Yeah, so. well, they have a tendency to do this. There's a couple yeah. of things that Netflix have dropped right around Christmas previously. And mm. uh, it's either just before or just after. They drop things on Boxing Day sometimes. They drop things in that kind of dead period between Christmas and New Year. Um, yeah. Lost in Space is the 24th, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that yeah. was the other thing. Yeah, so they, yes, that's a weird time to drop it as well. So they, they've dropped a couple of big shows over Christmas and they, I, I think just because of the fact that they know that people have the time off and they will sit down and binge their way through it. So, you know, I, I think it sort of makes sense. It's just inconvenient when you try to cover them on podcasts. Um, right. <laughs> so, yeah. so, yeah. Moving on to other news, uh, there's a lot of stuff from HBO coming out. The, the big piece of news, HBO came out with two big Game of Thrones announcements. The first one was they were passing on the Jane Goldman series. So that isn't being picked up. But almost immediately after that, announced that they were picking up the other prequel they had in development, which is the Targaryen prequel called House of the Dragon, which is based on the Fire and Blood book. The Jane Goldman one was the one that was set thousands of years before Game of Thrones. So there was no direct connection. I mean, it was going to show kind of the early forming of of the houses of like Targaryen, Stark and all that sort of stuff. And it was going to play around with the history a little bit. Uh, Apparently, they've been various creative differences and production issues and HBO saw the first pilot weren't happy sent Jay Goldman back to re-edit it and then they came back again and they weren't happy with the re-edit they were just there was one comment I think it was on de- deadline that they said according to some insiders it was considered a bit too woke in Christ so so okay. they'd, they'd yeah. tried to be kind of a bit overly hip and trendy with it and just didn't fit so HBO just didn't think it was it was working that was the reason that they can that one. What they have picked up is a series which is based around the Targaryens. It's based on the book Fire and Blood. It's set 300 years before Game of Thrones. So it's closer to the history that we already know. There's a couple of things this has got going for it. It follows some characters that we know a little bit about. The series takes place around about the time of the War of Conquest. This is when Aegon Targaryen, alongside his sister-wives Rhaenerys and Visenya, used their great dragons to conquer Westeros. It's when King's Landing became the capital. It's when they forged the Iron Throne. Pretty much sets up a lot of the backdrop of Game of Thrones as we have come to know it up until the Robert's Rebellion against the Mad King, which was like 300 years later. It's also based directly around the book Blood and Fire. So if you know the book Blood and Fire, then you kind of know what they're talking about in a lot of that. The thing I think that probably sold them on it is it's got two co-showrunners who are going to be Ryan Condell, who did the TV show Colony is probably the thing he's best known for, which was a good little sci-fi TV show and he was a good drama. Uh, the other thing is Miguel Sapunich, who was the director of uh, some of the most legendary Game of Thrones episodes, particularly Battle of the Bastards and uh, uh, he's done various other things as well. But yeah, he he's one of the big Game of Thrones directors. And I, I think he won various 
Emmys and stuff for that. So uh, he's going to direct the pilot. He's also going to be involved in some of the writing. So I can sort of see why they decided to back that horse rather than the Jane Goldman one. I think it seems to make a little bit more sense. Interesting that like with um, the, the the long night thing, whatever it was going to be called, the one that we're not going to get now. Yeah, they'd like cast a bunch of people. They'd been, I assume, well, there was a pilot. For, yeah, they, there yeah, was a the pilot. pilot and everything. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, we we knew obviously that they had. I think they said five um, yeah. potential shows. And then just like like you said, a, a day later or half a day later, it was. It was like, hey, here's this House of the Dragon thing. It's straight to series. Yeah, and I mean, we knew they had House of the Dragon in development. Well, we knew they had another show which only yeah. had Ryan attached to it at the time. We knew with that was under development, but they'd not shot a pilot, I don't think, for that yet. And they've ended up giving that a straight to series order, whereas the Jane Goldman one they actually shot a pilot for. There were five in development. Then the last thing that George said was there were three in development. So two had dropped. And we know that two of these were House of the Dragon and the, the Long Night or whatever that Jane Goldman series was called and mm-hmm. one of the others uh, George Reckon was still in active development so it may be a case that there is still one that they're possibly potentially working on but the one that he's definitely making it to series is House of the Dragon so I think the Targaryens are, are a good solid base for this and uh, yeah and it allows them to put lots of dragons on screen which i think people want dragons you know so yeah because i mean dragons aren't like the only selling point of game of thrones but obviously they're they're quite a no, big one they're yes, created they're quite from, a big one, yeah yeah they're created for most of the show's bigger spectacles but i remember when you know th- this information about the long night or whatever it was going to be called was going around and everyone was kind of saying oh there's not going to be any dragons and they're going to take that part out of it i mean there's probably lots of different reasons they've decided to, to do this switch essentially but yeah. um I mean, yeah, if you've gone back and edited this pilot and it's still not kind of worked, then you're not going to put that yeah. to series because then you don't want to disappoint yeah. fans. I mean, exactly. I, I think they have to be so careful with the Game of Thrones setup, particularly after the mauling that the last season got. You yeah. have to be so careful with that as a property and make sure that you're you're handing over something that to the public and to the fans that they want and they will connect with. And I think basing it 300 years rather than thousands of years before, using characters that whose names we've heard, even if we've not really seen them i think that makes far more sense you know and it's going to be easier for an audience to pick up of still being able to use things like you know the iron throne king's landing the families will be established in a certain way that we might recognize whereas with the other show it would have been thousands of years before king's landing wouldn't have been there the uh, you know obviously the iron throne wouldn't have been there you i think it was maybe slightly too detached from everything else so It does make slightly more sense doing it this way, I think. I mean, it may be that they come back around to that idea with a different writer at some point later on, but... Um, yeah, they could do, I suppose. I, I mean, but. you know, but, and it depends how many Game of Thrones series they want on screen at the same time. Do they just want the one or do they want two that are alternating or... So, but we'll see. I mean, they've got one off the ground. That's a good start. We'll have to see how, how it goes, but I have confidence that those two guys know what they're doing with it. So we'll see how it goes. But they, I mean, HBO seem to be happy with it. So that's good. Sticking with HBO, the other big news that came out last week was Sky has extended the HBO carriage deal with Warner Media, and they've also added a co-production partnership for HBO Max series. So obviously we've been talking about 
the whole HBO Max thing, uh, HBO Max in the UK, whether that would be coming, particularly in relation to the whole Batwoman thing. Thought it might be a good idea to update you on where we stand with everything now. Now <laughs> this information's come out. So what does this mean for Sky, HBO, HBO Max in the UK? Main point is that HBO Max will not be launching in the UK. It won't be launching in any international territories where HBO already have a deal in place with Sky. So I think that's Germany, Italy, the UK, Ireland. Uh, there may be some other places as well, but I think those are the main ones. Uh, certainly in Europe, I think they have some in South America as well. So in those places, HBO Max will not be launching. The new output deal that they've signed only covers Warner Brothers titles and HBO content, not the HBO Max content. So there are a whole bunch of new shows that are coming onto HBO Max. These are not covered by that deal. It only covers shows which are airing on HBO in the US. As it has always been, anything that airs on HBO in the US should automatically be able to air on Sky Atlantic in the UK or wherever Sky want to put it. But I mean, at the moment, it's primarily being Sky Atlantic. In addition to that, there going to be continuing their co-production deal with HBO, which produced things like Chernobyl. So they're going to be carrying on with that with HBO. They're also adding to that and will be co-producing shows with HBO Max. Obviously, anything co-produced with HBO or HBO Max will come to the UK automatically. So there is that. As I say, what just won't and what isn't covered by this deal are HBO Max original series, what they're calling Max Originals. The other confusing bit of that statement is the mention of Warner Brothers titles in there. Because that only seems to cover the Warner Brothers cinema titles. So things like the Aquaman and you know the, the DC movies and extends the on-demand rights for Cartoon Network and Boomerang, which are the um, animated channels. What it doesn't include is the WB TV shows, which is why things like the Arrowverse Batwoman series are not covered as part of that deal. And as we, I think we said last week the latest news from sky is batwoman has been sold to somebody else in the uk although nobody has come forward and actually claimed that they have it (laughs) but that's what they're being told and that's what we're being told that's why it's not coming to sky i mean this whole deal makes that decision by warner media to sell batwoman to somebody else even more ridiculous but that's what's happened yeah it's all very confusing it is um and not just batwoman it's like where's supernatural where is things like nancy drew and some of the other shows that you've you've mentioned before uh black lightning as well um, yes, which is weird cause, is which was weird because it did already have a UK home for two seasons, which was Netflix. But they've basically said, okay, we'll let you know when that's gonna ha- when that's gonna happen. Well, they've let you know um, when or if actually is what they've yeah, said. When or if, yeah, I mean, yeah. with, with Dynasty, which is also technically a Warner Brothers show because it's a CW show, mm-hmm. with Dynasty they've said we have got it, but it's not coming till next year because we're dropping it as a box set. With Black Lightning, they're saying we don't know. So it may or may not turn up for a third season. The moment they haven't signed any deal, if it does, it will be a box set next year. But they are, they're actually at the moment can't even confirm whether they have or haven't got it. I spoke to one of the guys at Netflix who emailed me back this morning, actually, and, and I said, do you by any chance have the Batwoman series? And his response was, I can't 100% say this for certain, but as far as I'm aware, no. So that was their PR guys that I spoke to. So 
It doesn't look like it's Netflix that's got it, as far as he can tell. But I don't know what the internal workings of Netflix are like. It could be that it's one of those things that suddenly pops up and they've just not told anybody. But yeah, they've yeah. done that before. Don't know at the moment where that series will end up. But as you said, I mean, as far as, far as Sky are aware, they're being told that it's been bought by somebody else and that's why they can't have it. It's slightly frustrating that they couldn't do a deal for those Warner Brother series as part of this deal, but clearly there's internal things that go on because those shows go out on the CW, uh, although they may be Warner Media owned or Warner Brothers owned, CW is, is a co-production channel with CBS and it may be that they've got to kick some money over to them for it. I, I don't know what the setup is. Maybe that's why they couldn't cover it directly under this deal. Because I'm sure Sky would have been quite interested in that. But yeah, just, just the whole statement about like someone's got this show, but no one's come forward. So, OK, where, <laughs> where, where is, is it? it? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, surely, if you're a, it doesn't matter if you're a TV channel or streaming service, whatever, surely if you've picked up a new TV show, then you would like to tell people about it and you start would putting it on the TV. Yeah. Yes, you would think. Watch it. So, yeah. uh, who knows? Honestly, no idea. We're not getting news out of anybody for in terms of the Batwoman series. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the others as well. So Yeah, and the others yeah. as well. Yes, because mm-hmm. I mean, as I say, Supernatural has disappeared, although the Supernatural thing may just be a case of they needed to rename negotiate the contract with Warner Media and mm-hmm. Warner Media maybe up the cost for the last two seasons and E4 maybe couldn't justify it. That may be all that is and that may be the reason why it's not there. It may be just it costs too much money. We know they've changed a lot of their deals with Netflix which is why things have changed for Dynasty and where Black Lightning hasn't appeared. We just don't know at the moment and when it comes to negotiating contract stuff as you would probably expect, a lot of the TV channels are very reticent to actually say exactly what's going on because they don't want to upset the people they're trying to buy shows from. <laughs> so it's quite difficult to get straight answers out of people when it comes to these sort of things. So yeah, tricky. Yeah. In terms of those Max Originals that I mentioned earlier, as I said, there's no guarantee these will turn up in the UK because they aren't covered on the, the new Sky deal. But they did release a whole I mean there's a huge list of new shows there was about 20 series they announced some of them we've mentioned before some of them were were new on this list but I've pulled out a couple of them that I thought were kind of interesting there were things like Adventure Time which is coming back which I mentioned uh, that's like four feature length episodes I mentioned that last week there's the Gossip Girl kind of reboot continuation thing that we've mentioned before Uh, the June Sisterhood series we've mentioned that before and the Flight Attendant which is the Kaylee Kloku thriller. I think it's about a flight attendant who wakes up in a room with a dead body with no memory of how it got there. So yeah, uh, yeah. that they, they all sound great and they're all Max Originals. There is a half-hour comedy produced by Elizabeth Banks called DC Superhero High, which sounds like it could be quite fun, but it's listed out as comedy, so rather than a, a like dramedy series. Uh, follows a group of students experience the fun and drama of adolescence at a boarding school for gisty kids. These teens are trying to navigate the pressures of high school but none of them realise that someday we'll become legendary DC superheroes it sounds like Muppet Babies but for (laughs) DC superheroes essentially Um, which is an interesting idea it's uh, and it's listed as a comedy so and it's a half hour show I mean it's intriguing I'll give them that if nothing else is this based on any current not that I'm aware of because I can't Um, think of any characters that are like that no Um, I mean not if you're taking like Team Bruce Wayne Team 
Clark Kent. And and I mean, there's no reason why these kids should all be <laughs> one in, in one school anyway. Right. Yeah. So I like the idea of a sort of brooding kind of goth Batman who could be quite entertaining. I mean, goth <laughs> Bruce Wayne would be quite funny. That sounds like quite an interesting one. There's one called Grease Rydell High, which is a musical series set in and around the world of Rydell High. The show reimagines the global smash hit movie with characters new and old, still set in the 1950s, a world that rocks the big musical numbers and, origi- and new original songs. So it's the peer pressures of high school, the horrors of puberty, the roller coaster life in middle America with modern sensibilities <laughs> that all bring it to life for today's musical lovers. Uh, I mean, that sounds like it could be quite good fun. A sort of 50 set glee, I guess. That could mm. be. I mean, if you like Glee, if you like uh, the the Grease film or whatever, this is probably for you. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I'm not entirely convinced it's my sort of thing, but yes, me, I me mean, neither, it's an interesting, yeah, there's, interesting there's idea. Certainly, the audience for that. A couple of things from Greg Belanti, the huge Arrowverse boss. Although <laughs> these are going to be on yet another streaming service because he's already got all the DC shows on DC Universe, and he's got half the schedule of cw now he's got two shows coming to uh max originals hbo max service one of them being green lantern which is uh, quite an interesting one because there is supposed to be a green lantern movie in development so uh, yeah i mean i i don't know there's a green lantern corpse movie in development so or there certainly was i don't know what's happening with it it's inspired by dc's comics green lantern introduces characters from the iconic comic but one of the biggest shows of belanti productions has ever done it's described as Green Lantern and that doesn't really narrow it down because there's like six or seven Earth-based Green Lanterns at this point. Yeah. There's, I mean, there's, yeah. there's, there's Guy Gardner, Kyle Ratner, your main one that, that they used in Hal the movie. Like, Hal Jordan, yes, Hal Jordan. Um, there is John, John Stewart. Stewart. I think. There's two new ones as well and I can't remember. There's Jessica and I can't remember the other guy's name. So yeah, there's, what, five or six, I think. So they're not short of a character they could choose from. I, I suspect they'd want to go for one of the bigger names, maybe. John Stewart's quite well known and that might be an interesting which, one to which one from. did ryan reynolds play as how how's your how john's the original and that may okay. be the one that well technically not the original because there's also alan what's his face although he isn't directly attached to the green lantern mythology okay but he is a green lantern but i let's not get into that it gets very confusing uh, <laughs> so there is that as well so don't know who they'll go for but Green Lantern series could be quite good fun. I, it's not going to be cheap, I wouldn't have thought, because there's going to no, be a lot no. of CGI work in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Which makes sense for somewhere like HBO. Yeah, so. yeah. I mean, it's HBO Max, that makes sense. I wonder if this is going to end up tying into one of the universes, because it could either tie in it with the DC universe or the Arrowverse, or I don't know. Well, I, I, I would yeah. be, it would be, I think it would be a bit of a mistake if this was another new universe, though. Yeah. Or if it could be the, the DCEU stuff it ties into but I would think in terms of it tying into stuff, it would be more for the TV things. Yeah, I mean, the interesting thing with HBO Max is it's where all those worlds collide because Mm. things like Doom Patrol, for example, the next season of Doom Patrol will launch on DC Universe and will launch on HBO Max. So it's going to be across both in America. DC Universe is not launching outside of America, but it will be 
sure it. shows have been picked up elsewhere. Yeah, there? because so. shows have been picked up else, elsewhere, and outside of America, they're just going to dump them all on on HBO Max. And it sounds like in inside of America, they're going to dump some of them on HBO Max as well. It's entirely possible that it be attached to that Titans universe, or it could be attached to the TV universe as well, because uh, they're also going to use HBO Max as a catch up service. So I think some of the CW shows are going to end up on there as sort of catch up as well. So it's entirely possible it could span either of them. That one's quite interesting. They're also announced Strange Adventures, which is a superhero anthology series, will feature characters across the DC canon. The drama will explore close-ended morality tales and the intersecting lives of mortals and superhumans. So, um, yeah, that one sounds interesting it's an an anthology series i mean this would be an interesting way of them testing out potential new series so say if you do an adam strange series that lands quite well or an adam strange you know whether whether it's going to follow one character or whether it's going to follow a bunch of different characters it's not very clear i mean it it says we'll feature characters from across the dc canon and it's an anthology series so whether that means you're going to have like a season that follows blue beetle or you're going to have a season that follows, I mean, unlikely, but Batman. <laughs> or you're going to have a season that follows, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, Booster Gold or something. Or is it going to be literally, here's one episode, here's a Batman episode, here's a Superman episode, here's a Booster Gold episode, here's a Blue Beetle episode. I, I don't, you know, is it going to be that? So it's not clear at the moment. But um, Yeah, it, yeah, it does give them a good chance to experiment, like you said. be interesting to see who they pick from the, obviously their catalogue of superheroes but I would be a bit surprised if it was some superheroes that we've already seen on like if we get a Supergirl episode or an Arrow episode or something yeah Um, that wouldn't really make a huge amount of sense right because you've already got established shows with those characters so I suspect it will be other things again Mm -hmm. it's not clear whether that will maybe fit into something that we've already seen already you know so Mm -hmm. I mean you could maybe have a Captain Cold or a Citizen Cold episode you know and use that for if it's going to be an episode you know, for each character, you could maybe have an episode which is just that and then an episode that's centred on somebody else. Or That's an interesting sounding one. Again, yeah. as with all these, don't know whether, whether they will end up anywhere in the UK. We can hope, but we don't know. Another couple of interesting ones were Raised by Wolves, which is an epic serialised sci-fi series exec produced and directed by Ridley Scott. So I think it's the fact that Ridley Scott's attached and it's a sci-fi series, I think, piqued my interest. Uh, yeah. Series centres on two androids tasked with raising human children on a mysterious virgin planet after a burgeoning colony of humans threatens to be torn apart by religious differences the android learned that controlling the beliefs of humans is a treacherous and difficult task there is a cast but i don't really recognize any of the names particularly there's Travis Flimmel is in there, which is a name that I do recognise. I don't really recognise the other names particularly. No. Um, but yeah, I mean, Ridley Scott, Sci-Fi, Androids Raising Humans, got to be worth looking at. Yeah. And uh, Station Eleven is another interesting sounding one as well. Limited series based on the Emily St. John Mandel's international bestseller, post-apocalyptic saga that follows survivors of a devastating flu as they attempt to rebuild and reimagine the world anew while holding on to the best of what's been lost. Himesh Patel and Mackenzie Davis are the two people cast so far by lots of things. Patrick Somerville, who wrote Maniac and the, some of the leftovers, adapts the series. I think that's just got an interesting bunch of people around it. Leftovers is a great show. Post, I mean, I don't know how many more post apocalyptic 
things that we want at this point but yeah why not yeah i mean we're at the 100 and stuff which is still kind of going in going into its final season and possibly um, getting I mean, a the, spin-off the, yes right possibly a spin-off as well so you we're not sure of those types of things but hey if it's, if it's good and if it works and if that audience likes it then that's a that's a good thing as well yeah so. Yeah. Again, as I say, there were a few more of these as well. There is a whole list up on the website if you want to go and, and check those out, including the um, HBO Max in the US will be showing a bunch of the HBO original series. And the HBO originals should, in theory, all come over to Sky Atlantic, but there's a bunch of those as well. But most of them we've talked about already. Don't know whether the, any of those shows will make it over here because, as I say, they're not covered in that Sky HBO deal. But I thought it was interesting to know what was out there and things to look out for that may get picked up sticking with the sort of warner media stuff it's been a lot of news from them this week because they've just had this big announcement the cw are developing a superman and lois series with uh, tyler hoechlin and elizabeth tulloch this idea of creating a superman to go along with supergirl series seems to have taken off i mean i've I, I like tyler and i like elizabeth both in those roles i'm just quite surprised that they've decided that a superman series is the way they want to go i didn't um, see that coming uh, it doesn't surprise me too much. I was kind of wondering more when than if they would do this, I suppose. Um, a lot of people have liked him from you know the crossovers and the, what, four or five episodes of Supergirl he was in. It was, it's funny because in season, was it two, he popped up for a couple of episodes and then disappeared off screen for like a year or something. Yeah. And then came back and obviously he's been in... Uh, to, I think two of the most recent crossovers, or maybe the one no, before and that. He's, as in, well. he's in the new one as well. They're both in yeah the new one in, well. in Crisis as well. Um, but yeah, I, th- I thought it was just more of a case of when than if. Um, and you know, with them having the, I think it's three Supermen on screen with the Crisis with uh, yeah. Brandon. Uh, what's his name from uh, Tom, Tom Welling? Oh Tom yeah, Welling. Brandon Routh, Tom Welling, and uh, and Tyler. Uh, I think it was yeah more just a case of okay, you've got a bunch of Supermen here. Um, and are you gonna pick one eventually? I mean, a lot. I know a lot of Smallville fans are saying like, "Hey, we want the essentially a season eleven of Smallville with." Yeah, um, that's never gonna happen. <laughs> right with, with that, with uh, Tom's Superman yeah. coming back, but I don't know. Yeah, I just I, I think it's interesting. I think one of the questions I have more is okay with, with this and with the I think it's called Green Arrow and Canaries or Canaries and a Green Arrow, yes. whichever way around that is. Um, with those two series on the way and them kind of saying okay, we're ending Arrow. Which which is obviously happening in what January, February, roughly. Yes. Um, whenever that happens, with them kind of ending that and then saying, okay, we don't have many plans to end any of the other shows. I just wonder where they're going to fit these all. I uh, and yeah. What they're going to do with them? My feeling is that they are sort of planning towards a, a effectively once the crisis happens. We've talked about the crisis event this time around being rather like Endgame and. Mm-hmm. I think they may be planning towards a kind of phase two post-crisis setup. I know they've said they're not planning to end any of the others, but I think they maybe got their eye on developing things to make sure that they've got shows in the wings to take over. So there is going to be maybe some form of transition because you are getting to the point where, bear in mind that things like Supergirl and Flash and, and Legends are, are steadily hurtling towards their seventh 
season. And standard US contracts usually have people signed up for seven seasons. So that means if you go past seven seasons, you have to renegotiate the contracts, which tends to get more expensive. Mm-hmm. It, it, we're kind of getting towards that stage where maybe they are starting to plan ahead a little bit and and looking at, at maybe replacing some of the other shows. Or they're just looking to add more and they're looking to run them all year round because mostly they all drop in autumn and run through to kind of May or something like that. And then maybe they're looking for some to run over the summer, possibly. I mean, the, the Canary Green Arrow series, that is obviously set up as a direct replacement for Arrow. Mm, um, almost as like a sequel, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, almost um, like as a sequel. The Superman and Lois series, I mean, arguably could replace Supergirl, but Legends, we've said repeatedly, Legends seems like the one that's most on most shaky ground out of all of them. Yeah, it's not really connected to time. I mean, they're literally yeah. in kind of space and time. Yeah. Um, um, week to week. And I mean, nothing against Legends because I do love that show, but I think it's probably got the weakest numbers out of all those series and it Mm -hmm. is slightly detached to the other I mean Flash is more of the flagship show at this point I think it's it's odd that they would maybe go for a Supergirl and Superman series at the same time maybe they'll they'll have them on the same night or something and have it as like a maybe maybe uh, that kind of family family uh, yeah like a Superman night or something yeah yeah Yeah, it could Uh, be with the two cousins of course because you haven't got you know you can't pair Batwoman with Batman because you don't have a Batman series yeah yeah. there were rumours of them creating a a new show that was based around characters that we hadn't seen yet as yeah, well. Yeah, that as well, which is, um, I, I don't know what you do with that. Yeah, so. I mean, we know that they've got Ryan Choi, the younger Atom, coming in to the crisis event. Yeah. So, I mean, that would be possibly one to uh, to follow. That would be an interesting one and you could maybe keep Brandon Routh around as a sort of mental figure so he could he wouldn't need to be there all the time but he could drop in and out. So maybe you could do that. Um, I, I've said before that, that I mean my, my go-to would be a blue and gold series with Beast of Gold and Blue Beetle would be the one that I would love to see because I think they're great characters and they're funny together and I think that would be a really good one. But yeah, I mean, who knows? Again, it seems like they, with the Superman and Lois series, they're going to be piloting this properly. It's not going to go in as a backdoor pilot to one of the others, which is what they've done with the Canary show. We'll have to see whether it actually comes to anything, but it sounds like it's in development, so we'll see. So that's all the news we have for this week. Next, we have an interview. The interview this week is with the morning show director of photography, Michael Grady. I love talking to Michael. He was a really lovely guy. He's recently led the visuals on the new Apple TV show, The Morning Show, which stars Jennifer Anderson, Steve Carell and Reese Witherspoon, which is out now on Apple TV+. Along with working on The Morning Show, he's also shot films such as On the Basis of Sex, starring Felicity Jones and Army Hammer. He's worked on things like Ozark with Jason Bateman, and he also worked on The Leftovers as well. So um, we talk a little bit about his work with uh, Damien Lintoff and obviously with Watchmen out right now, that also comes up about you know what he thinks about that series so um here's the interview with michael we will see you afterwards with some highlights for next week on tv it's lovely to have you on and lovely to be talking to you you've got a new show coming up which yes. you're on really to talk about before we 
get into doing that maybe we should do a little bit of of background about you so uh you're a cinematographer how did you get into it in the first place you know growing up i was always a, certainly a, a fan of the movies um and i did a lot of artwork growing up as a kid you know art classes and and, and through and through college and all and i sort of you know got a break i'm 19 20 years old i mean i just sort of transitioned to that idea of like painting and drawing and that sort of stuff to the movies so i um, went off to film school and to nyu and then to American Film Institute and slowly started working my way. I mean, started making many shorts and worked in as an electrician and a gaffer. And uh, yeah, I mean, 20 something years later, <laughs> still doing it, still, <laughs> still making, making movies. So um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was always there. It wasn't something, you know, it was quite in my teens. Yeah, I, I kind of started thinking, oh, this is what I want to do, you know. So a long, long sort of journey of school and and working for free and for very little and, and making ends meet to finally um, eke out a living. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, um, um, and the, the business has certainly changed. I used to do music videos and I did a lot of TV. And then by for about 10 or 11 years, I was just doing features, just doing movies. And then in the past couple of years, some of these TV shows have just been some of the best writing, the best material. And so it's certainly... Um, has driven me to, to drive back to look into all these like you know the, the Hulu and the, the Amazon and, and Netflix and all these new studios um, it's, it's created so many great TV shows it's kind of amazing yeah I, I mean there is so much of it now I mean you, uh, you know and they're all creating their own streaming services so as well as the network stuff you've got all, all their streaming stuff on top as well as the individual streaming services it's crazy the amount of content yeah. there is out there now yes it is and it's hard to get to it all because there's so much good stuff I mean yeah. I, I I feel like it, it's difficult to keep track of them all. They kind of come and go. And I mean, there's just really, because of there's so much demand for content, I think that the quality of some of these sort of, I don't even want to say TV anymore. They're almost like a serial narrative. These 10 hour movies is what sort of what I've, you know, they really are. It's sort of what I think the indie film world, maybe 10 years ago, it's just yeah. into this environment now. We're like the most creative, sort of more challenging, more difficult material this is where it's happening as opposed to another comic book or a remake, you know, on a big, on a bigger movie. And all this seems like all the original ideas are, are certainly in this, this medium of hour long scripted narrative for streaming services. I don't know what you call it <laughs> yeah. more than just TV shows. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I know what you mean. I, I, we've seen some incredibly interesting stuff come up and uh, I mean, Apple themselves have got some, some really interesting shows coming on. Uh, I was at Comic Con in, London over the weekend and saw the first episode of C, which is the Stephen Knight, Jason yeah, Momoa yeah. series. They they showed the first episode of that there, uh, which looks fabulous. Your show, uh, the morning show, which is kind of the flagship Apple show, I guess. Uh, I mean, it, I guess. it, uh, it, it, it <laughs> certainly seems to, it, it was the first one they signed. Uh, I, I know there's a, I think there's a quote from, I think it was Jennifer Anderson who basically said, well, we agreed because it was Apple, despite the fact they had no walls and no telephones at the time when we signed it, you know? <laughs> Yeah, they. I, I, that's true. I mean, I, I remember her saying that, and it was certainly way on before they had any infrastructure whatsoever other than we have money and we're getting in the movie business. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think that's very true. And now, of course, they're breaking ground on big studio and building, and uh, so they're 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 going to have a brick-and-mortar building here shortly. In right. Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah, that helps. Yes. <laughs> you know, um, we were on the Sony stages, so they just, you know, they rent stages from other studios. So Yeah, yeah, which is, I mean, that, that happens a lot anyway. So, yeah, yeah, that's awesome. The Morning Show, which is essentially a show about a show, 
really. Um, it, it's one of those um, American um, uh, morning TV shows like uh, breakfast sort of TV things. We have similar things over here as well. How is it sort of filming something like that when it is a show within a show? Does that complicate things for you? Because, uh, you know, you're, you're kind of, I guess you've got to think of the cinematography of the kind of show within the show as well as the thing that you're actually shooting. Yeah, absolutely, yes. And trying to divide those worlds and making sure that the viewer fully understands, you know, which one you're in. And in this case, it's pretty clear because, of you know, everyone understands sort of the semiotic or the, the, the language of, of TV and morning news and that sort of stuff. But definitely, you know, like the idea of this sort of uh, overlit, happy, very, you know, studio, soft, bright morning show, which all of them have that same sense. I mean, a sense of news or interview type magazine shows, I guess. But and then against that will be a, a really sort of dramatic backdrop of the story that we're actually telling. And so um, to contrast those images, yes, without question, that was like a central theme and something that we dwelled on. I mean, we use different formats and, and a format that's more applicable to that world for pedestal cameras. And when we did the, the news shows and those things, um, they would shoot and we would shoot. So in the sense that they kind of did their thing, we got actual union cameramen that do news. Right. And uh, yeah, on those cameras. And so they just had to know, well, you're going to be shot too. So they had to be go through wardrobe and all that. But yet they would be um, working, shooting. And they're also, I guess, extras or actors because, you know, we would just photograph around them. So yeah, you had both of them going on at the same time. So sometimes we'd have those four cameras going to do the news and then we'd have three cameras. So yeah, it would be seven of them up to try to monitor. So that was a task, but I mean, hopefully it worked out and hopefully that comes across of the the two worlds and the show, certainly this sort of glossy meta world of television. And then maybe the dramatic backdrop and and behind the scenes of of what it takes to be, to to create that and to be sort of all the hell that these people go through of morning uh, ritual of getting up at three in the morning and doing this really crazy chaotic environment all before most of us are even thinking of waking up um and that's just really it that's where it became sort of fascinating is like this insanely sleep deprived world (laughs) the best and so therefore it becomes crazy you know manic and all the pressure and high profile money of all those sort of and ours is today and good morning america and these sort of shows and they, they still sort of dominate ratings in the morning it's just an insane world of high pressure sleep deprived high stakes work environment when and you know drama comes right behind that pretty easily i think with uh you know humans as we are so yeah they do say sleep deprivation is the best form of torture so <laughs> absolutely right i mean when you think about that yeah in terms of yeah intelligence community and like i think that uh you know americans do plenty of that in the last few years sadly but yeah no i mean you can you can i mean i think there's plenty of studies of it's 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 more detrimental than than you know maybe inebriated from from drinking or alcohol yeah. or, or something else like, you know it's it's it's, it's it's really debilitating for humans and I think it can make them crazy. So, you know, act crazy. Um, yeah, so, yeah. so I think there's a part of that, that uh, this, again, high pressure, manic, the, the world's watching, all this stuff happens. You throw the hashtag me too movement on it. Um, and uh, the drama sort of blows up out of that. Uh, you know, hopefully it's compelling TV. So yeah, I am very much looking forward to it. There's, that is to say, there's, there's a few kind of flagship shows that I, I think Apple are pushing uh, certainly 
me on the launch and this is certainly one of them and i'm very much yeah, looking yeah. forward to it um yeah the space show looks really good too um, yeah um mankind. for all mankind looks yeah cool, yeah that looks amazing as well you, you're not the only cinematographer on the series are you because uh, with a lot of tv series they they run two at the same time just so you're kind of one's prepping while the other ones is that the sort of same thing with with this absolutely yeah um and uh david did a great job too and we're good friends um it's kind of i don't really want i mean i i, I wouldn't want to do tv without it because i'd say when i was younger um i would Oh, you want to shoot everything and the ego oh, it's my show. I want to shoot, you know, yeah. but after doing movies for, for many years, like the idea of not having prep and going and shooting is just not appealing to me anymore. Even though, you know, many TV shows and I did many in previous work where I was the only cinematographer, but without scouting and just the constant grind of that, I think the work suffers. And I sort of hope that I'm in a place where I want to elevate the work. And therefore I think you need some prep, you need some planning and some time with your director. And so, I super prefer this. I don't think that I think that the quality of all these sort of higher end shows like this, I mean, everyone's sort of doing it so that you can spend that on off with your director and your AD and plan things and, and maximize the scripts as opposed to I think when you don't get to do that and you're on a one DP show, you're kind of always just reacting. Yeah, because you're just getting the material and then like, OK, well, how do we do it? You know, there's no thought about it. It's like literally you're like, OK, this there's today. You didn't ever there was no planning. You know, it's just gut. Now, those are great um, education. And I I learned so much from the shows like that that I did and I wouldn't I wouldn't replace them for anything because of that sort of sink sink or swim mentality of you just have to go and this is the way it is and maybe you haven't even been to the location you've never seen it and okay what are we doing here's the pages and and sometimes you just meet the director that day I mean I can remember that so <laughs> where they're hired late and they're like hey how you doing and uh, okay so what's the first setup you know it, yeah just that quickly so um yeah rotating is key to for quality and you know I think all the like I said I shouldn't speak for other other shows but I think every everything that everybody that's doing really good work that that's the mode yeah you know and uh that's the way to go and it's i think it's fair to each director too because they get that chance to have a dialogue and sort of talk about the show as they come as opposed to just being thrown in all the time as the machine marches forward so yeah i was i was going to mention the uh yeah with this you've got mimi letter who who did i think five episodes of the, of the show so she was kind of the main director but there were other people that came in and did them as well so mm-hmm. is it difficult transitioning from one director to another particularly if you've got one kind of main one and then then you've got other people stepping in as well it can be and and sometimes there's a dynamic that can you know hit or miss and sometimes you just get unlucky and sometimes people don't they don't get along um in this case it was awesome uh i've known mimi for many years we go back like 15 20 years i've done multiple tv shows pilots movies we just did last year uh on the basis of sex about uh supreme court justice ruth ginsburg yeah and she and the rest of the producers jen and Reese and, and everybody picked a great group of directors and like all of them are really sort of I should say veteran season know what they're doing just really strong directors too so they have the ability and, and like one I'd worked with before Michelle McLaren and again with that be able to rotate and having that prep and sort of bond like I got right in with every one of them and each it was probably the smoothest and, and to your point like it's not always that way I'm not trying to be um, yeah you know like it, sometimes you just don't get along but this place I, I was I guess I got super lucky but um, yeah you know it can be and I think that's an in- interesting challenge but I don't I don't find it as I say difficult but I kind of like it because of uh, you know the grind of a TV show over six months can get a bit like way on you of just day in and day out 
and that least that that change of director personality pace you know yeah. vibe of the set it makes it's kind of a new office for a bit you know so it kind of throws it a little uh, not to be boring you know? yeah. So, yeah 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 because after a few months it's the same crew and you know i shouldn't say that tv shows after a while people kind of come and go some just because of their length and yeah and we you know shot like five or six months yeah. so yeah you mentioned that jennifer anderson reese witherspoon uh you both star in the series are also the exact producers Do, is that mm-hmm. sort of an extra level of pressure when you're kind of working on that because these guys are your bosses as well as being the cast yeah i guess you know but i mean i think that when they're such as movie stars of that stature the pressure's sort of there either way yeah and i say pressure not being like anything negative it's just that you it's a put upon myself i mean i feel like like they're such talented uh, amazing yeah. people who've done so much that you want to a do justice and to make them pleased and you know and i also just tried to do stuff that like i didn't think that jen had been lit a lot of times in sort of more of a dark contrasty dramatic way i mean we certainly didn't see that in friends and we don't see it we see it in our movies so i tried to approach some things a little bit differently of like well maybe this hasn't been how they've always been shot and i try to look back at, at all the stuff that when movie stars what, what sort of baggage is there and so like maybe there can be something different or i can spot all oh, that that person really really made them look awesome so maybe that's that's the way emulate that work um <laughs> but there's a pressure but i don't, I don't think it's it, in this case it certainly wasn't worse it was awesome because you know it's almost like lunatics are on the asylum in the sense of like, <laughs> say like robert evans was the studio head where you had a filmmaker as a studio head so you have filmmakers as your, the executive producer so they really they didn't think always about money they think about the narrative what's good for the show what's good for the crew at this moment like things like that so there was a lot of pleasant benefits about it of you know reese's she's she was serious about happiness on the crew, like the vibe of like, you know, what's people's workplace like? Is it a positive workplace? So she does this stuff that, that you know, here and there, it's no big deal, but you know, Christmas party, ugly sweater contest, you know, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. That it is silly, but those silly gestures from your superiors, they do set that vibe of the way people um, perceive their value in the workplace. And yeah. this was awesome in that sense. And I don't, I don't think, I, and again, this is a weird thing to say, and it's not necessarily because I think the movie business doesn't always have that. I mean, sometimes you have, well, you have a business that insane dictators thrive. Yeah. So you welcome this insane behavior of people and there's a history of it. So, you know, not every job has the most awesome work environment. Some of them are like, oh, awful. And doesn't mean that the movie's not going to be great. Um, Yeah. It's not fun. Yeah, yeah. And so th- this was a, this was a good environment to have them as both our stars and also executive producer. And you know, be honest with you, on set, it's like they do that producing stuff so behind the scene that they're such great actors and also in the moment of their characters that when they are with us on set for those hours, pretty much actor mode. You know, what I mean, that was very very rarely would you kind of, because that's that's the task at the moment. You know, yeah. So you know, you really just see awesome acting all the time. Like I said from the beginning, there's just like a, a bit of a filmmaker's perspective first and not just management yeah yeah so yeah as well as the morning show you've done a few other things like uh you did some work on ozark uh leftovers as well yeah um um, (laughs) have have you seen any of Watchmen? because of course that's what damien lindhoff's seen i'm I'm holding off i I haven't seen the first one i'm gonna i'm gonna kind of wait a couple weeks probably to binge in a a pile just yeah very busy honest but one of my dearest best friends uh, a camera operator that did all the leftovers with me um he he did Watchmen. he's incredibly proud of it he's incredible 
incredible. You can't wait to see what people think and what people, yeah. you know, he's already like, what'd you think? What'd you think? And I had to be like, ah, I'm going to, mm-hmm. I'm going to wait. And, and, um, uh, it's just because my, my weekend was in nuts uh, yeah. that I'm, that I, I, I it's, it, it's only been because I've been so busy. I can't get to it. So I'm sort of making these excuses that I wanted to <laughs> binge them. But I really just, you know, yeah. I no. can't wait though. You- I mean, it's clearly the show that of all that I want to see more. And when we were talking about earlier, there's so many TV shows. It's so hard to find them. And like, well, that was the one that I was, I, I really can't wait to watch. I mean, yeah. Damon's unbelievable. I mean, his, this is probably just as perfect as The Leftovers was yeah. for his ability to tell these incredibly human stories on a grand metaphysical giant universal scale. Yeah. And, it, and those two like affect you so human at the time that he slaps you off and tells you how insignificant you are in the universe. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. With all your self-importance and all. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, I, I've seen the, the, the first two episodes have got out already. I, I, I've seen the first two episodes. It's incredible. And, and that's coming yeah. from somebody who is a massive fan of the comic book as well. So, you know, I, I, yeah. I think he's done a wonderful job. They all are. I mean, like, you know, Damon had many times said like that this was one of those seminal texts that brought him to the movie business. Um, My camera operator, Chris Cuevas, that that I've loved, a great, great operator. He says, since I've known him, The Watchman is like his wall pieces of art that has driven him more to be sort of who he is in in the world of trying to create images and stuff. And that is the most... So they, you talk about having pressure, like it was, and, and put upon yeah. themselves. They were like, "Oh my God, this is it! This is what I've been wanting to do, you know, forever. This is all building towards." Yeah. So I do, I do expect it to be amazing, and I also think it will be as everything Damon does. He has this ability to hit these zeitgeist sort of feelings of like, especially what's going on in the United States. Always mm. that you know, I feel like I thought the leftovers really echoed a lot of the psychology and sort of like sentiment of where the country is, and then I think this one with race is going to do it again of like really upsetting people hitting them where it counts and you know he knows how to yeah the, the important the big ones you know so anyway I'm such a fan it's easy for me to talk about <laughs> <laughs> yeah no it's it looks fabulous so yeah. I'm in for a treat when you get to that last couple of questions okay. um, first question is I know you said you're really busy but what TV shows are you watching at the moment oh my gosh I just finished a documentary series uh uh, murder in the bayou oh right yes on showtime yeah i'd heard about that yeah. amazing i mean visually it's head and shoulders i mean it's not it's not a, a, a cinematographer's you know although it's really well shot i don't know why i just said that like for a documentary um really well done i just say like you know it wasn't because of its over overwhelmingly cinematic quality um it's fascinating um that and uh, lately it's been sports and news it's football season i'm a big football fan so <laughs> there you go uh, i'm a fan so i spent a bit too much time on that and and the news lately we've just had so much going on but uh, yeah. i just finished that series and watchman will be next because yeah. that I, I just finished that little doc um it was only like five episodes but i, I highly recommend it um fascinating sort of mystery story that's unsolved yes watchman I, i'm gonna give my answer would be watchman because i know that will be the next thing that i turn on yeah know, a narrative sense so. yeah yeah and if you had the opportunity to work on any tv show past present or something future which show would it be and it can't be one you've already worked on oh, 
that stinks because I would always go leftovers because it's my favorite thing I ever did. Oh, I would say something because for me, like when we were talking about like what brought you is be Star Wars. Like I just know I noticed that there's a, a Boba Fett sort of uh, yeah, the uh, Mandalorian Hunter TV series, yeah, yeah the Mandalorian. Um, I, I'm psyched for that. I would say Star Wars something because as a kid, you know, I was what third grade when it came out and it dominated my entire teen years. Um, and I do say all the time like, oh, I'm definitely in the movie business because of Star Wars. Um, yeah. And how much it meant and affected me. So yeah, it'd have to be a Star Wars movie. My problem was is that you know if someone would have told me ten years ago that Disney would have bought Star Wars and they're going to make TV shows and they're going to make a movie every week, like I would have focused on green screen and effects work. <laughs> I've gotten so into that, and because I, I really have always been sort of like I've been driven kind of even though I love that type of movie for work, I've always kind of uh, kind of drifted towards two actors in a room. I mean that's just sort of like leftovers to me was two actors in a room all the time. Yeah. That just yeah. sat and talked. And yeah. It's magnificent, you know. So I, I don't not not necessarily consciously, but I sort of didn't pursue that. But like I said, if I'd have known, I would have been nothing but effects. I would have become an effects DP just so <laughs> <I could do laughs> <so. laughs> Well, you know, they've got an Obi Wan series coming out and I'm sure there'll be more coming up. So, you know I'm knocking on wood as we speak. I'm like, oh, that would just be yeah, yeah. So like okay, advertisement, please call me. I am <laughs> sure something they're gonna be make, making Star Wars series and films for the next like hundred years probably now Disney they got hold to, of it to recoup their costs yeah, so, yeah. so yeah hold, hold on. I'm not too old yet I'm not done so uh, before I'm done maybe I'll get a chance yeah maybe you'll get one that'll be awesome alright um, I will let you get back to your date thank you for spending a little bit of time to talk it's been lovely wow thank you it was great man I, I could hang out with you like we, I have a I've enjoyed talking to you sometimes this stuff seems like uh, yeah whatever but <laughs> no we could go out and uh, have coffee or have a beer and, and chat for hours i think so yeah yeah well, very, that, very fun i have to get in touch next time i'm in la so <laughs> for sure please do please do i love it awesome well have a great day i will talk to you again soon hopefully thank you so much i appreciate it man See ya. nice to meet you Take and care. you bye bye so that was the interview with michael grady hope you enjoyed that as we said before, the morning show is available right now on Apple TV+. Plus. It's uh, $5.99 a month if you want to go and get it. You can go to tv.apple.com. Uh, you can get apps on the Roku box. You can, I think it's on the Fire TV stick as well. Uh, it might be on an app on your TV if your TV is updated enough. So uh, check it out. It's all over the place. And obviously, if you've got an Apple TV box, you have it already. So uh, worth going to get, though. Go and check out the morning show it's a really good series here's some highlights for next week on tv so highlights for next week we have uh, mary kills people is back for its third season i think they've just been running these back to back pretty much on more for uh, so third season comes up at uh, five past 12 in the morning at uh, on the 6th of <laughs> november I, I guess people are just recording it I, i'm assuming they're not expecting people yeah, to watch that live all four yes, the case maybe. yes so uh yeah more for that is coming back for its uh, third season that's mary kills people britannia season two of that comes to sky atlantic on the 7th of november that uh, haven't got a time for that, but I'm guessing it's 9 or 10 p.m. I couldn't quite get past the, I think it was the first episode or whatever it was. It, something about the show just didn't click with me. Yeah, um, I was but, a bit the same with it. I, it's not that it's a bad series. I enjoyed it. I just, there were other things on and I mm-hmm. never quite got back to it. It's one that I kind of want to go back and binge my way through, but I just haven't quite managed it yet, <laughs> which, yeah. you know, 
It's a uh, shame. But... Also, I've met uh, David Morrissey at so have um, I. Yes. this year. Yes, he's a very, very nice guy. We've so. interviewed David Morrissey. He's a very lovely guy. Um, so, yes, sorry, David. But uh, we, we will get, I will <laughs> go and watch the rest of it at some point. But uh, yes, because season one is obviously up on demand because it is a Sky Atlantic show. So uh, mm-hmm. season two coming 7th of November on Sky Atlantic if you want to go watch that. Uh, Russell Howard Hour, which I love this show. It's really funny. Um, third season of that is coming on the 7th of November at 10 p.m. as well. That's on Sky One, so go and watch that. Uh, Star Wars Resistance, the final, second and final season of that, coming to Disney XD on the 9th of November at 7.30 in the morning, if you want to get up and watch that or just set it to record. <laughs> yeah. And the in-between, as we mentioned earlier, this is a drama about a woman who can communicate and see the dead, helping them with their unresolved problems. This is coming to the, on the 11th of November at 9pm to Sky Witness, and it's got one and only one season. It's unfortunate, but uh, yeah, if you want to go and watch that one season, it is there for you. And that's everything for this week, unless you've got anything else you want to mention. I mean, we're just in a crazy busy period at yes. the moment, aren't we? So, uh, lots of things going on. Uh, of course, it also means lots of podcasts on it entertainment talk like we said we've got the witcher coming soon and possibly by the time you hear this podcast my jack ryan season two review might be out so have a look out for that but yeah a bunch of stuff that me and me david and robert are all doing on there so check all that stuff out lots of tv to go and watch so don't so don't waste your time with bad tv it's just not worth it yes because so, yes. you've got just Stop more than enough more than enough driver out there for you not to be watching reality rubbish <laughs> absolutely yeah so um, yeah, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at eTalkUK. So if you want updates on stuff and want to know when the content is dropped, it gets posted on there. When it gets posted, check that out as well. Yeah, so. go and check all that out. For us, obviously, you can go to the website at geektown.co.uk throughout the week and see all the latest air date info. If you want to get in touch with your questions and comments, email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk. Leave a message on the website post. Find us at Geektown on Twitter, on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash geektown, on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash geektown, and on Instagram at geektownuk. That is everything. We shall see you next week. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. 